You're about to listen to the Meet Mediocrity Podcast Season 2, Episode 18. More than ever, the need to have a sounding board, someone to bounce ideas off of, someone to set goals with, someone who will give you candid feedback. These things are invaluable. The world we live in today makes the importance and the value of having a person like this even more profound than ever. At work, most managers and executives are facing incredible stress. New ways of working, outside forces like COVID, economic uncertainty, racial inequality, political unrest, and lots of other things are adding to our stress. One way to get the support you need is by speaking with an executive or a life coach. My guest today is Anne Elmendorf. Anne is an executive coach who's been an executive herself. She brings great perspective on ways to help people address their mediocre moments and thrive. Ready to hear more? Let's get started. Episode 18. This is your host, Mediocre Mitch. My guest today is Ann Elmendorf. Ann's company is called Morgan Steward. That's Morgan, M O R G A N, Steward, S T E W A R D. You can find Ann's company and information about her coaching services at morgansteward.com. I'll leave the details in comments uh, for this podcast, but here's the deal. Morgan Stewart is a corporate and executive leadership coaching organization that Anne founded. Anne herself is a fascinating and talented executive, in addition to being an executive coach. She spent the first and the primary chapter of her career in the real estate business, focusing on many aspects of real estate including serving as a CEO of a property management firm at the pinnacle of her real estate career. Now Anne has embarked on the next chapter of her career, focusing on her true passion, being an executive and life coach. This is something that, tra- that, this is something that Anne had trained for and dabbled in and waited for the right moment and right time to pursue more fully. In the past year, Anne took the plunge and is pursuing her passion full-time. During our conversation, Anne and I will explore the benefits of coaching. We'll also discuss how coaching differs from traditional and medical forms of therapy, like psychiatry and psychology. I don't want to steal any more of Anne's thunder, so without further delay, here is my conversation with Ann Elmendorf, the founder of Morgan Stewart, coaching and executive leadership. Ann, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. So we're friends. We've known each other for quite a while now, and you spent most of your career in 
real estate related businesses. And now you're moving your career to that of executive coaching and like life coaching. How did you end up getting into coaching? Like, well, sorry, let me, let me take that back. Not how did you get into coaching? How, what is your view of coaching? Why should people need a coach? Well, I, coaching has become a very interesting and strong profession. It started back in 1995 and has been growing rapidly. I find that in my business career in real estate, whether it be in asset management, whether it be on a national platform, whether it be in property management, I felt that that's what I was doing and enjoying much more than being a CEO of a company, which I did very well, but I felt more in my place in coaching. Coaching is really important, especially at an executive level. Executives don't have the luxury as others to communicate down or up the ladder. They're in big positions, they're running companies. What they do and what they say is really looked upon. It's really dissected. So they don't have the luxury to say to someone else, you know, I'm having a bad day today, or I'm not sure how to get this product out the door. I'm not sure how to grow this line of revenue or this, that my teams are not doing as well. So they're not in a position, they're not in a position to have an open dialogue on a regular basis with just about anyone. So they don't have a, so they don't have a, a clear, they don't have a clear sounding board. It's not like, it's not like a top executive can walk to the the coffee, the coffee maker and just be like, I was thinking of saying this in, in my next speech or presentation. What do you think? It's, it, it's a lot harder for, for an executive to do that. It's extremely hard. And it also depends upon the company, but it depends upon where they are in their, in the executive position it depends on, on where they want to grow their career. So the answer to that is no. And so what's happening now is companies are deciding that it's important to give the support to an executive. And quite often they give the support to an executive when they see an issue, the beginning of an issue, or they see some something about to happen. When in fact, quite honestly, executives, a lot of people should also, but executives really should have on a regular basis, a coach, to go to, to bounce things off, to, to, to showcase their, their issues to someone who's not going to be judging them, but who really is in it with them. To be, a, really, to be like a, almost like a peer and a sounding board. And, and, and it sounds like what, one of the things you're saying, which, which I'm hearing, I, want, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's almost like, you know, sometimes in, in, when, in my experience in the corporate world, the executive, the senior person, doesn't really get a straight story from anyone in the company. They're too busy, you know, kissing up or mm-hmm. telling them what they want to hear. So, I, I it's I guess as a coach, you, you have to be a bit of a sounding board, but you also have to tell them you have to play it straight with them. You kind of have to tell them like it is because no one else is doing that. Well, that's honestly that's actually how I coach. So I'm a I, I'm a listener. But I'm also someone who's going to sit in front of you and and re, and give you back what I'm hearing, because coaching really is to help you identify what's going on, set goals, and create a plan. It's really action forward. It's an action forward, action excuse me, action forward process. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Do you, you said you get, so you started saying something about companies might call you because there's an issue. So do you always do, do you get prompted by companies to, to be an executive coach for a person or persons in that company because they're struggling with something or is it simply because they, they need a good sounding board and you can serve that role? So I think, so what has happened in the past, it's, Coaching has been brought in, and I have been brought in to coach individuals who are having difficulty. Mm, But what I think is starting to change now is that they're realizing the importance of having a coach with a with a leader on more of an a regular basis, not just at at a critical point, so that they don't get to the critical point. So yes, and I've been recommended by law firms and financial institutions to other law firms and financial institutions. And, you know, I'm happy to say that it's, that they're seeing it as a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm sorry. Um, well, it's like say, a perk. It's almost like, it's almost like a benefit to the executive to have someone like you. It is. It is a benefit because what the coach will need to do, because you know what the coach needs to do? It needs to help the individual figure out where they are. What do they want? What do they want for their teams? What do they want for themselves? It isn't really just being a sounding board, although it is a sounding board. It's it's really sending it back and saying, you know, what's your plan of action? What do you want for the next year? What do you want for your team? Who's working well? Who's not working well? Where do you see yourself? I'm just curious, Anne, did you, when you mentioned that you, I know that you were in the real estate business and you had some very senior level positions, including CEO of a company. Did you have a coach? I did not. <laughs> you did not. I did not. Do you, do you wish you do you wish you did? I do. I actually wish I had a coach. I wish I had a coach that I could go to that I could bounce things off of. Mm-hmm. Someone who I could I've been lucky to have mentors and right. people that I could speak with so that I could voice displeasure with. But I would have liked a coach who I who could have helped me strategize um, along the way. So let's so let's let's pivot from there. And how did you even get into coaching? I mean, you, I knew you when I first met you. You were an executive in the real estate um, line of service, but even at that time when I first met you, you were a trained coach, and and so this was something that you were almost doing on the side or doing casually. Um, so you've been in it for a while. You're doing it as your primary career, your primary job only recently. So can you take me back to when this first surfaced for you? Yeah, it, it began back in 2004. I was reading a business article in Business Week, and it spoke of this new up-and-coming industry called coaching. Mm-hmm. And it was written by a woman, Judith Feld who was a president of the ICF, International Coaching Federation, who was beginning to be the governing body of coaches. It is now, it now is the governing body of coaches. So I read the article and I thought, well, this is really interesting. This is actually who I am. This is where I'd like to be. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to Business Week. They gave me a phone number. I so wait, you read, wait, you read this in Business Week and you yes. reached out to Business Week and said, yes. oh, that, this is amazing. Okay, go ahead. It's just interesting how things happen when they're supposed to happen. So I reached out to Business Week. They gave me a phone number. I rang the phone number. It was in California. And the woman who answered the phone actually happened to have been Judith Feld. 
which I thought was very interesting. <laughs> you know, I, that does not happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen. I mean, it was a lot of years ago, but, but anyway, so she answered the phone and she was very gracious. And I told her I read the article and I complimented her on the article. And I told her that I felt that this really was the place for me. And she gave me some insight into coaching and what I needed to do and the schooling I needed to take. And, and then at the end of that, she said something that was rather interesting. So here's how you know that things happen when they're supposed to. She said, you know, you need to get all this coaching, schooling in. But if it doesn't happen this year, it will happen next year. And I thought that was rather odd. And that was in the almost, almost setting Almost setting you up for failure or at least saying don't get your expectations up. Well, but actually she, what she was saying is if it doesn't happen today, if it doesn't happen this year, it will happen next year. And right. so I thought it was odd. And in fact, she was absolutely right. A couple of months later, my brother got a very bad accident and I had to take care of him for many, many months. And as it turned out the following spring, I woke up one day and said, wow, I've got to start the coaching school. And so in 2005, I went to school and I became a coach. And I've, I've done it on and off from, for many years, but was in the real estate industry in large positions on a national platform and then locally and was making a very good income and wasn't ready to do it full time. And then last year, I realized that I had had enough of the, you know, of, of national real estate and that I really wanted the last 25, 30 years to be of something that I enjoy greatly. And that's how I went into coaching. I realized I was doing it daily with my staff and it was my, was, I hate to say this, but it was my happy place during the day. Yep. So that's where I am today. So it's interesting that you should tell this story, Anne, and we're going to tell the story a little bit more because I, for people who know me, I'm a trained accountant. I'm a CPA, and I spent much of my career doing tax work and accounting work. And I, too, loved coaching people and helping people. And five or six years ago, I moved um, my the focus of my career, same firm, same job. Um, but instead of focusing on, on doing tax work for clients, I started focusing on coaching other colleagues on how to be more effective at selling work and making presentations and doing what they do. And I found that to be my happy place. Um, but it's interesting, Anne, because I got into accounting, people who know me and my family, like everyone was an accountant. Like I almost, like I was almost destined to go into accounting, even though that may not have been like my inner passion. This coaching thing is an inner passion for me. And I think you were the same way. Like, didn't you get into real estate through family related stuff? And that's kind of where your career um, started. Yeah, that's actually the answer. But, you know, I find that that happens more so than not with with everyone. They will go to school. They will study something. And whether they go into that because the family wants them to or they come out of college and they're not really sure and the family indicates that they should do something else. And that's what happened to me. So I came out of school and realized I needed a job. And my dad had some contacts with some very, very large companies in New York City. And I took it. And that's just real estate, I, real estate, related real estate companies. Yeah, yeah. Real estate related companies. So, so it's interesting that you, you did that. You did what you needed to do to bring home a paycheck. And that was probably your path of least resistance, the same as it was for mm-hmm. me, but ultimately you kind of went to your passion. So you mentioned international coaching federation and I, um, I'm going through the ICF training actually now. Wonderful. 
And one of the things that I found interesting, Anne, is this extreme focus on the definition of coaching. It's not psychology. It's not, you know, telling people what to do. It's really quote unquote coaching. Can you tell me your perspective on this? Because really there's a little bit of threading the needle between being a strategic advisor, between being a psychologist and being a coach. Can you tell me your personal point of view on that? Yeah, you know, it's a very blurry line because when you're sitting with another person, you know, whether you're doing executive coaching or you're doing life coaching, it's really all exactly the same thing because it really all comes down to the human element. It's always the human behind the story, the situation. So you really have to find, as a coach, you have to find a middle ground because you really aren't in this to tell people what to do. But what you are in this to do is to listen clearly, repeat back to them in a way that they they can hear what they're saying. But I'm a coach where I don't just sit and listen. I don't just let them clearly make their own path. I help them, I help guide them to that. And that's by repeating back what they've said asking them if this is working, what having them really come to the table, honestly, because it really is just myself and my client. So it's a place where they can be honest with, with what they want and what they need, not what people are telling them they should want or what they should need. What is it that they really want? What would make them happy and how to develop a plan of action to get them where they truly want to be. Yeah. I love this because uh, you actually made a comment to me you may not remember it, but I, I heard it. I remembered it and I ran home and I wrote it down and you said something, and I may, hopefully it's not a misquote, but it was something like this. People is pe- people. I'm sorry. Business is business, but people are people. And what, what you're, what you, what I took away from that comment was, yes, you might be coaching people in a business setting. And yes, you might have been brought in by their employer, but there's a human being on the other side of the table and understanding their hopes and their fears and their wants, their desires is really what positions you to coach them effectively. It's not just the corporate stuff. Well, it actually, it really isn't because after you get through the reason you're actually sitting in front of them, after you start that conversation, what it really does end up being, what what is going on personally, what is personally going on in the job, what's going on in their life, how one aspect of their life is directing the other aspect of their life. It doesn't matter which side of it, but but they're both they both make one person, whether it's the business person or whether it's the personal person, it's still the person. Well, this is where I, I'm curious how you navigate. So, and if you could just, I mean, I'm sure there's some, some, something like this must have happened in your experience, but you get called in by either an executive or an executive's employer, and they're, they're calling you in for a business reason. So either the, exec, the executive might sit there and say, I really want to get promoted and I haven't, you know, figured out, you know, all the things I need to do to get promoted. Or you might get a call from his employer saying, we'd love to promote so-and-so, but 
his staff, he's having trouble, you know, you know, making his staff motivated, for example, right? So you go in and you speak to this person who either has expressed an issue or his employer expressed an issue. And pretty quickly in the conversation, and you realize the root issue isn't whether the person gets promoted. It may not be whether or not the person is able to motivate their staff. The issue could be the person's dealing with some challenges at home. Well, I'll give you an example of. Yeah, I'd love to hear this. Sure. So obviously I can't give you any facts. Of course. Of of companies and people. But I was called in by a large financial institution who had, I had been recommended to them by a law firm that they do business with. Right. They they have an executive who has really worked very, very hard to climb the ladder and really is in a position to go to a very high next level. But they've mm-hmm. called in to say that they need someone to work with her because they're finding that things have slipped. Mm. Her revenue isn't growing the way it had grown. Staff, they've gotten some comments back from her team. She doesn't seem to be as present as she had been. So I've come into the company. I've sit with the HR person and an and executive above the new client, and we've talked this out. And first I've had to bring to the table that, you know, how long has this been going on? We're in the middle of COVID. Is it because of COVID? And are we really looking at these numbers based on the time frame now, or is this before? So we talked all of that out. Right. And I've explained to them that once I go into this coaching relationship with their executive, that things that are said between the the client and myself would be between us Mm -hmm. and that the way to measure success as they wish to see it would be to see what the, what the issues were is revenue growing is the staff is the team lining up a little bit better is the, is the executive um, more present. So Mm -hmm. we come to all of that and I engage and I also ask them for permission. Could I have this conversation with the executive and let them know what we spoke of. And they said, yeah. of course, they, that I could. So I met, with, I met with the client, and she said that she was struggling and that she was having a great deal of difficulty during the virus because she's working from home and she can't be within feet of her team. Well, as time would go by, it actually ended up being quite a few other things. Hmm. She was having difficulty not being with her team. She was having difficulty with what I like to say right now is 20, the 24-7 syndrome. She's in an apartment. Her <laughs> husband is also in the apartment. They're on top of each other all the time. They, there's no space. They're in this 24-7. And that really is wrecking. It's really just creating chaos for her. It's just right. chaos. So we've had to talk that out. And she then realized, well, you're absolutely right. I don't have any room to breathe. I I, I just, I can't discuss anything. And we see each other all the time. It went on then to discuss other issues. They're also trying to have a baby and that's Mm -hmm. not happened. Right. Um, They wanted. So there was a lot of little things that were working out. A lot of stress angles that are not obvious stress angles. Right. But are affecting her, her work environment. She's also, and not everyone is comfortable from working from a home office. That's They're just true. not. They need to be in this in this moving environment. They need to be physically there with people. They need to be out and about. They they're 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 who they are is out there, not in this little room. So she <laughs> had all she had all of these issues. And so we had to make we had to discuss them. We had to make a plan. And we made a lot of plans. We made a great many plans. 
helped to deal with her staff. She was having a lot of trouble with them and the hours they were keeping and how they were producing, which by the way, they were producing well. She she just wasn't comfortable with how they were producing. Like one staff member has children. So she was producing at 10 o'clock at night, but it was in on time. So she wasn't seeing all of this because she was stuck in this 24 seven. She was stuck in this, the personal issue of small spaces, personal issue of, of not having, of, of not being able to have a baby. And she wasn't communicating any of this to anyone else. So it was going on in her mind. She had this fight and flight that going on and going on and she wasn't coming out of it. Lo and behold, one day she asked me if her husband could participate. And Uh I said, sure, absolutely. If it's okay with you, sure sure he can. Mm -hmm. And as it turns out, it was a really good thing because he was having a lot of the same issues. They then could sit there with each other, with me as as an outside person to discuss what was going on, her fear, his fear, the work environment. So plans were made. They have, it's been a couple of months. So they have since bought a home. So they've got lots of space. In the interim, he was able to, they both had the ability at some point to go back to their office, but they weren't taking that step for whatever reason. So one week, you know, he would go back to his office the next week she would. So now they weren't on top of each other anymore and they were happy to see each other. So in having a conversation, as a matter of fact, last week with, with the financial institution and her boss and the HR, they, I'm happy to say, they said to me, you know what, Anne, we're seeing, we're seeing results. Her staff are feeling heard. She seems to be present when she's at the meetings. Her numbers are starting to grow. And I said, you know what, this is great. And so the other thing is that it just, you don't just drop it at that point because it's just the beginning of setting things in motion. So I figured there'll be another two or three months of working with her and now we're working with her husband to, to, to keep it moving forward, but it's all going in the right direction. And here's where an, an executive needs a sounding board, needs someone to sit with her and say, okay, what's really going on here? What is it work? Is it just your staff? What's really happening? And that's when it comes out. So you have to get a lot of that, that what's where those lines are blurred, where there's, you know, it's not psychology, it's coaching, but the lines are blurred because people need to communicate. Everything is a communication. And so you had to get a little, you had to get through the personal so you could get and fix the business, which is what the company actually wanted and needed. So when I think about the way you, this, that's a great story, by the way, Anne, and it sounds to me like the what what kind of a parameter, if you could put around executive or business coaching is A, uh, the career, career and career related objectives was your initiator. So that was kind of like the, the trigger. A B, it was goal oriented. Um, but it definitely like, it doesn't sound like it was quote unquote marriage counseling by any stretch. Right. It was, it was really helping two people who both had to do work in a brand new world, which we're, we're all struggling with in some way, shape or form. Um, but they were, they're doing work in a new way because of a new external environment, that being COVID and helping them with those challenges, create actions that would help them achieve their ultimate goals, which is to be successful at work. Well, you, you know, and in their case, personal stuff to get there. You, you did. You had to walk through the personal stuff to get to, to, to get to the business end of this. And it wasn't mad. They had a wonderful marriage. The point is that they weren't discussing some of the really big, hard topics. And then once they did, 
they realized that each of them had the same problem and they made a plan on, on where to take it next. So, and you, when, when I first met you, I remember, so you and I met probably close to, actually it was about 10 years ago. And at that time you were in the real estate business and you had actually mentioned to me, you know, I'm a coach and because you'd have already gone through the ICF training, you were already quote unquote, a certified trainer or a certified coach. Sorry. So the question I would have is tell me a little bit about how you practiced coaching up until let's say about a year ago when you left the corporate world and started coaching as your primary job. So how did you do it while you, you know, before and how has that changed? Well, it's totally two different worlds. I was coaching on a very small scale. But uh, I, you almost, know, I, almost within the confines of your career, in the confines of your regular job. Yeah, you know, so I was, co- I was at, I was coaching staff members who worked for me. Right. But I also had a handful of clients on the outside. But just a handful. But just a handful, because it's, it's very, it's not an easy place to be. I was a CEO of a company. Yep. The company was very busy. There was yep. a lot of things that were taking place, and I had to be present for all of it. Of so I had to make a decision on where I wanted to be. Did I wish to be continue in the real estate industry and be a CEO, which was a wonderful position, or did I want to set in motion the next step for myself and my career? And I realized that coaching is where I needed to be. And you, you can't do both positions successfully. Right. You're, gonna, you're, you're, not giving, you're not giving your, your, your you all. It. You're not giving the effort you that can't. they each deserve. You can't, you just can't do it. So now I'm in a much happier position in bringing on clients and giving them my dedicated time. And as time goes by, I'll be able to get more one-on-one together space with, with clients. Now it's a lot of Zoom and it's a lot of Skyping and it's hmm. a lot of, it's yeah. all of that, which is fine too, because you can see each other and you can communicate. And some co- some clients really need that executive executives need that, you know, they'll come in the office, they're in the office at seven o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning at the starting, they do, they work with me before the day begins. So that's really good. But in the future, what I actually would like to do going forward is I would like actually to be, I'd actually like to go on site, so to speak, with an organization. I think what I'd mm-hmm. like to actually do is to be in-house uh, with an organization for a while. And this, so in, I work for a big firm and I, we have in-house executive coaches. I didn't realize that that was a common thing. So you're aware of companies that do have sure. in-house coaches and it's not an HR position specifically. It's a coaching position. Is that right? Absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a coaching position. It's a lot of companies are calling it now um, wellness coaching. And it's not about eating well or exercising. It's just wellness coaching. It's a wellness director. It's they they have different names for what I'm talking about. But that's okay. I like I like the name wellness because what it it implies is it doesn't imply a work problem or a work area that requires fixing. It require it really implies that the entire human being needs to be in a good spot. In order to do, you got to be good in your life if you're going to do well in your work. That's right. So wellness coach, a, a wellness director 
or organization is actually the best way to call it because it is it is a full package coaching. It's both business and personal that you have to address. And in from for companies that have this, do the do they identify specific individuals who need the coaching or do they simply make the coaching available to people at say a certain level and those people can choose to use it or not? Do you know? Right. Yeah. So got, you, you come in two different ways. You come in where a company realizes that there are bigger issues in the company, COVID-19 for one, right? So there are mm-hmm. bigger issues and their, their executives are not in their office. They're not in, they're not one-on-one with their staff. So they, as a, as a whole, need support. So you can yes. be brought in for that. Or you can be brought in and, and, and you're set to just work with, you know, whatever executives. There are five executives, four executives. Or, then you, or you come in in this new position, in this new category in a company, and it's open to the company. It's open to the company or two levels of the company. Perhaps it's high-level managers and executives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So either way, you're, you're going to be coaching people who really this is a supplement to their overall wellness. And well, that's where it's going. I mean, that's, that's actually the, the, that's the background really of where coach, what coaching is for. Coaching is so incredibly needed. It's really important to have this program in a company to keep the company moving forward, to keep issues dealt with. I mean, it's really companies who bring this on full time are actually really looking at the well-being of the organization as a whole, the growth of an organization, because they're giving these, this, these services, these, this ability for their staff to work out whatever issues need to be worked out. And when you work, when a staff member, an executive, a high-level manager is working at, at their top, then, of course, the company works at its top. Well, I have to tell you, Anne, and, and you know, you and I are both seeing this. I'm, I'm sure all of my listeners are seeing this. I can't imagine a more stressful time for for executives or business people in general than the times we're living in right now. Absolutely. I mean, whether it's whether it's COVID concerns or political uncertainty or, or social inequality or economic uncertainty, the stresses that are on, you know, our executives and our business people today, I think is probably, and I've been around a while, you've been around a while. It's probably as or more intense than it's been in our lifetimes. It's actually more intense because we're not back in an office full time. And when you can go to an office every day, you can climb into, to a great degree, just your business world where you're dealing with your teams and you're dealing with, you know, the bottom line and you're dealing with, with, with the growth of companies with where you're, you're, everybody's together and you're encircled in this, in this case. But when you're working from a home office, you're not, with each other all the time. So you've got all of these influences 
coming at you, whether it be personal, whether it be political, whether it be the company, you know, you 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 still have to do your job. You still have to grow what you've been asked to grow. You still mm-hmm. been you still have to manage who you've been asked to manage. So it's much more difficult now than it's ever been. So Anne, you were an executive for a long time. Did you ever have a coach? I've never had a coach. <laughs> so I totally get that. And I think most executives would say that. Um, do you wish you had a coach? Well, I actually have to, I actually have to change that answer. So I've never had, I've never hired a coach to be a coach. To, to be a coach. Right. But because I am a coach and because I belong to coaching organizations, and because I've had I, I'm in the middle of conversations, whether it be continuing learning conversations or whether it being part of um, organizations for coaching, you actually get to have a conversation, to discuss things, to discuss issues. So although I've never hired a coach, I've actually had found places to be coached. I've found places to be coached. Yes. That's fantastic. So, and here's what I've heard. What I'm, what I'm hearing from you is, you know, you don't, necessarily need to go it alone. You don't necessarily need to have a therapist, although therapists are not a bad thing. Um, But having an executive coach can be incredibly valuable in helping you achieve your career and work-related goals. Well, I have to be just honest with you. It's not even that you don't necessarily need a coach. I think that that, I think my statement would be is as an executive, you absolutely do need a coach. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And I feel like um, the thing that what you've just described to me is that a coach in that context um, can help you achieve your career goals, but by, will help you explore those career goals in a more holistic manner. It's exactly. not just about what's happening in your workday. It's about what's happening to you as a human being in your life as a whole. That's right. Well, I have to tell you, Anne, I've really enjoyed speaking with you. I really want to ask you, you know, any parting thoughts, both in terms of, you know, what people ought to consider when, when seeking coaching or what, what you're seeking in terms of your next steps in terms of your coaching career. Well, my thought is that people do need to look at coaching, to take a really good look at coaching. I think coaching is important. I think coaching is, although defined as goal-oriented, there's so much more to it. Mm-hmm. I think that we don't need to go through our business careers alone, and nor should we go alone. I think that there are a lot of coaches out there, so you have to find the right coach right. to be able to sit in front of. And if you're with a coach and it doesn't feel right, then it probably isn't right. And just don't get discouraged and move on to the next coach because there will be someone who, although I should say that you shouldn't, if the coach in front of you is not fitting you well, and is what is it, why is that coach there? Is, is, is she challenging you more than you wish to be challenged? Is she just sitting back and just listening? So you really have to get a coach and find the right fit. For myself, I continue to grow my par- my practice. I wish to go into, I'm looking to go into a large company to be on site. Um, and I just look to help and assist others in creating the life that they really truly want, not only in their business career, but also in their personal life, because one always 
is the same as the other. They always come together. Well, and first of all, as you know, as a friend and as a podcast host, I wish you tremendous success in your new, the new chapter of your career, the, the chapter that you're personally passionate about. I really wish you a lot of success in that. Well, thank you so much. And I really appreciate you allowing me to be on your wonderful podcast. Well, and I also, I also do want to amplify one final thing before I say goodbye. And that is, I love when you said, if you're st- sitting across the pr- table or across the video chat, from a coach and they just may not feel like a good fit for you. That's okay. Just, just find yourself one that does. And frankly, I find that that's true with any advisor, whether it's an advisor, a therapist, what have you, you need to find someone you can relate to and someone who makes you feel good about exploring your situation. And it's kind of like dating. If you if you're if you have a, a date or two and there's no there's no real vibe there, it's not going to one day turn into a vibe. Just move on to the next one and find one that works for you. Because when you do find one, the value is incredible. And also, don't be afraid to be challenged. Don't be afraid to be challenged. A lot of executives get into their own head, and they're in a place where. They say they want to be coached and they want to voice their discomfort, but when they're getting a little bit of pushback or they're getting a little bit of challenge, a good coach will challenge you. So don't be afraid to be challenged. Don't be afraid to be challenged, especially with a coach, because it's probably the safest place to be challenged. Right. Right. Right? She or he, she or he is there solely for you. Agreed. Well, that's a great point to leave this on. And thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mitchell. All right. Take care. Personally, I believe the niche that executive coaching fills is critically important for those of us who are looking to thrive in our careers and our jobs. Coaching isn't psychiatry, it's not psychology. It's goal-oriented, and it takes a broad view. In other words, coaching helps us consider our whole selves and our whole lives when setting and achieving work-related goals. And Anne is exceptional at this. Before I even knew Anne was a certified coach, I found her to be incredibly present whenever I spoke with her. And she was always very insightful when she was talking about stories she heard from me and from others. I always liked the fact that Anne is focused on her career first in real estate, but now even more so as she pursues her passion in coaching. While Anne was a successful real estate executive, coaching is where her passion always lied. And you could just tell that when you speak with her. I personally wish Anne and her company, Morgan Stewart, tremendous success as she continues to expand her business. You've probably noticed by now that I've had a number of episodes of Meet Mediocrity and the Meet Mediocrity podcast focusing on people pursuing their passions especially women-owned businesses. Look, women represent 50% of our population, but far fewer than 50% of businesses are women-owned businesses, and far fewer than 50% of businesses that are women-owned get the funding and the investment that male-owned businesses do. 
I believe this needs to change if we're going to continue to raise the bar across our business community and across our community in general. And, and some of our other guests have been great examples of that. There are more women entrepreneurs lined up to be guests on the Meet Mediocrity podcast. In the meantime, while you're waiting for those future episodes, please continue to tell your friends about the Meet Mediocrity podcast. I personally appreciate all of your podcast downloads, all the follows on Instagram and Facebook, and all of your kind comments and feedback. So, until next week, please continue to stay safe and healthy. Please stay positive, keep smiling, and be well. Take care, everyone.